May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A lot of my reflecting on these readings in preparation for today's sermon has been spent while driving around this last week. And as I was thinking about these readings, something came back to me from one of my former parishes, one of the congregation there, once referred to me almost like being a Duracell bunny, just wanting to rush off and do things and do things and do things. You remember the adverts, don't you, with the Duracell bunny? But of course, if you're running something on battery, what happens in the end? The battery runs out and you're in the middle of something and you just fall. You know what? Trying to be ministry area leader and everything else does feel like that at times. I've got to that point of just the battery has run out, the adrenaline's gone and it's stopped. But we don't like waiting. If something needs doing, assuming we want to do it, we want to do it now. If something's going on, we want it done now, not later, not next week, not next month, unless we're trying to avoid it. You know, we're singing, why are we waiting? We're in the car, are we there yet? When's it going to happen? Anyone else like waiting? Quite often, I'm not sure we do. If we make a decision, we just want to do it now. Let's get it done. The time of waiting, the time of uncertainty, wondering what will happen, will it happen, when will it happen, is neither one thing nor the other. It's a time of being in between. I think in a sermon before I've spoken here about a liminal space, a space between one thing and another. And that's where we are, we're stuck in that time. You know, it's like when you're driving down the M4 wondering what's the traffic going to be like around Newport? Or, okay, we know what the traffic's going to be like around Newport, it's going to be horrendous. But how horrendous will it be? We dread it. We just want to get it over and done with. We get to the other end, then realise there's a load of roadworks around Bristol on the M4 as well. We need to get past that as well. But hey, that waiting, that time in between us wanting to be somewhere and us actually setting off and arriving is a pain. We get fed up with it. We just want to get it over and done with. We like it absolutes. It's this thing or the other, nothing in between. My first degree, as some of you may know, was in cybernetics and computer science. Sort of artificial intelligence, computers learning, all that kind of stuff which has got in the press a little bit recently with the ability of computers to write better sermons than clergy. This one was not written by a computer, I might add. But when you've got a machine learning or making decisions, on the one hand, it's a load of individual things. If this happens, do that. If this happens, do that. If this happens, do that. It's almost like a load of checklists. Then you've got to go, what happens if it's not quite there and not quite there? It's somewhere between them. And so then that idea of what's called fuzzy logic, it's sort of, it's in between, it's a bit blurred. One of my old lecturers used to refer to it with the word ish at the end of everything. It's a bit positive-ish. It's a bit red-ish. It's a bit tired-ish. It's a bit fed up-ish. It's sort of in that direction. It's not arrived there, but there's an ish, so it's sort of heading in that direction a little bit. That space in between, that which is neither one thing nor the other. Those shades of grey, if you like, rather than just black or white. 
that liminal space, that time, that space of waiting, of wondering, of being fed up that you're stuck without certainty. And we see this in the Acts of the Apostles reading today. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. And he's telling the apostles, the Holy Spirit will come. However, you don't know when. The Holy Spirit's coming, but I'm not telling you when. And while you, until then, you need to wait. Not a nice message, is it? You need to wait. We don't want to wait. We want it done now. He says this, and then we hear, he's off. He ascends into heaven. He's gone. And they wait. We hear. They are constantly devoting themselves to prayer. With Mary and some of the other women and some others too. They are waiting expectantly. How do we react when we're at that time of waiting for something? Do we wait expectantly in prayer? Or do we start grumbling? I don't want to wait. Why can't it be done now? Why are we waiting? We are hesitating. Are we there yet? Will this nonsense never end? Can't we just get on with it? We ask ourselves. Do we wait patiently? Expectantly? Prayerfully? They did. They're told the Holy Spirit will come down. Did they know what that meant? I suspect not. They were waiting. What were they waiting for? Well, no idea. But Jesus told them to wait. And so they waited. They had this time between Ascension and Pentecost. They were waiting expectantly for Jesus' promise that the Holy Spirit, the other part of God, would come down. They waited. They inhabited, were comfortable-ish in that space, waiting. In the Gospel reading, the passage we heard, is called sometimes the high priestly prayer. I'm a priest of the sodality of Mary, mother of priests, and we read and reflect upon a part of that passage every day. So throughout the week, we read that whole passage. So it's, it's quite a privilege to have it all read in one go, rather than just one-seventh each day. We read it to reflect upon our own priesthood, sharing in Jesus' priesthood, in fact, not our own priesthood. In it, Jesus is praying to the Father, praying for those he's leaving behind when he has ascended into heaven. In some ways, it feels almost like the football manager who has prepared the team for the match, sends them out, about to let them loose but knows he's got no more control over what's going to happen and just says don't let them mess it up that seems to be the message of that prayer don't let them mess it up and I imagine football managers are quite often thinking that and continually thinking that as the players no doubt do mess it up he says as a Reading fan having been relegated don't mess it up. I can't watch. I know they're going to. But please don't let him. Don't let them mess it up. In fact, also, don't let me 
mess it up. The second, don't let me mess it up, is in fact a constant prayer of mine. Don't let me mess it up no matter what I'm involved in, including being ministry area leader. All the stuff I've got to do, don't let me mess it up, please God. But also the first, maybe, is what God is praying about me. Don't let him mess it up. Why does he think that's a good idea? Can't he get the message? In fact, probably both of those are happening with all of us. Us praying for ourselves, don't let me mess it up no matter what we're doing. And others praying that actually we'll be okay too, including God. But what's quite significant with both those prayers don't let me mess it up, don't let them mess it up, is they are looking to the future, aren't they? They're not looking at the past. I can't believe he messed it up last week. They're not looking right at the present. I hope I'm not messing it up right now. They're looking forward. They're looking forward towards the future. They're looking towards what is coming. And they are praying, please, Let it be okay. That is Jesus' prayer for the apostles after he's ascended into heaven with the coming of the Holy Spirit. Please let it be okay. Please let it all work out. And so often I think that is our prayer also. Please let it be okay. Here we have our new-ish ministry area ish because it's well 18 months nearly now since it started here as we have our new ish ministry area leader which i question why i thought it was a good idea to say yes to that call at times i admit i'm glad no one else shouted out i wonder why you thought it was a good idea too (laughs) but here we are with that happening here we have the reality that father stephen has retired (coughs) and has his farewell mass next Saturday. Here we have the question, what will happen moving forward in this ministry area, in this brave new world? Here we no doubt have the question, why won't you tell me what's going to happen next? Why won't you tell me what the plans are? Anyone ask that? You don't have to admit that out loud, I admit No doubt here we also have, I'm impatient, why can't I know now? I want to know now what's going to happen. Why do we have to wait? Why do we have to jump through all all these hoops, all this red tape and everything? Can't we just get on with whatever the future is now? Does all that sound familiar in one way or another? Because we're in a period of waiting. And we're not keen on waiting really. When something starts, we want it all to happen, to be over and done with and get out the other side into whatever's going on. Here we are waiting to discover the future God has in store for us here at Holy Trinity. And also in this time between Ascension and Pentecost, we are desperately waiting for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us to be renewed, to be revived, to be refreshed, to have new possibilities brought in that we can't even imagine, but God has planned for us. 
What will those possibilities be? When will they happen, we ask? Why can't we be told now we demand? Jesus gave the answer, didn't he? Wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Wait for God revealing new things. Wait for God doing new things through us and through the rest of humanity. We don't like waiting, but we are reminded we have to do it. And so let us pray as we move towards Pentecost that the Holy Spirit will come down afresh upon us, upon this congregation, upon this community, upon this ministry area, upon this diocese, upon the world, that the Holy Spirit will do amazing things we could never dream of, that we may play our part in doing amazing things, not in our own strength, but in the power of God. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people. Kindle in them the fire of your love. And don't delay, please. Amen.